you say your line. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to Gilmore to Consider with Tara and Haley. I'm Tara. This is Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, Tara. Gilmore to Consider number four. Number four? I thought this was number three. Oh, you're right. It is number four. Because Clara was number three. That's right. I'm so glad that everyone liked having Clara on. Everyone was so happy to hear from her. Yeah, no, we were so glad to have a live guest on Gilmore to Consider. Dead guest. Well, I just mean (laughs) that we normally hear from our besties, you know, via voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) No, do not cut that. That was brilliant. Future Tara, don't cut that. It was stunning. (laughs) That's... That's my sense of humor. It was incredible. (laughs) Anyway, it was very different to have a third party on here. I know. Just a different different vibe, different Mm -hmm. opinions, different things flowing through. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I actually want to start this episode with is like not so much a correction from the last episode. It's more something that we didn't quite remember. Oh. Was when Jess is on the bus with Rory and we were trying to figure out like how they like ended up on the bus at the same time. Yeah. Rory's first class got canceled. That's right. And someone commented that and I was like, oh, that makes sense because someone was commented trying that on our her Patreon page. On our Patreon. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh my God, they're totally right. I forgot yeah. because I never watch that episode. No. Everything from Keg Max on, I do not watch in season three until um those are strings Pinocchio. Well, I watch until the Dave speech. Mrs. Kim, I need to speak with you. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So I watch up until that. I watch all the Dave scenes, but then I don't I don't ever watch Jess leaving Rory. So I had forgotten I that he was trying to avoid her. So he was like hiding out somewhere in Stars Hollow mm. until Rory's bus because he thought she took an earlier one. Wow. You're totally right. They're totally right. Yeah. I was I was glad they said that because there's we always are forgetting things. But there's always. something that we didn't think about in the last episode that I want to bring for you to consider. We're both of us to consider. Okay. So I know that you're going to know exactly what I'm going to ask you when okay. I tell you the situation <laughs> is that when Jess at the end of season four said, Luke, I'm going to pay you back. Mm. And then in season six, he comes back and he gives Luke an envelope. Mm-hmm. How much money do you think Jess gave Luke? Ooh. And how do you think he calculated it? Like, how do you calculate, like, the year or however long he spent with Luke, the time he left, like, is it room and board? Is it food? Mm. Like, how would he conceptualize and calculate how to pay back his uncle? Mm. This is an excellent question. It reminded me of when someone asked how much Richard yeah, gave Lorelai in the envelope. Lorelai and Rory for birthdays and graduations. I was thinking about it when I was editing that episode and I was like, how did we like skim right past that and not even think about the fact that like how much money... Jess decided to give Luke and if Luke accepted it in full like if he didn't like feel like this is too much you know that's a really good question because I don't know how he would calculate that I will say that I do think that Luke protests the money but then he's like Jess says something to the effect of like I'll know if you cash that or not. And then I'm just going to mail you another check and another check and another check. Yeah. Like he insists, I want you to yeah. take this. But I wonder if part of Luke felt like, you know, he's accepting it because Jess's intention was to give it to him and pay him back. And it almost means more to Jess that he cash it than it does to Luke that he refuse it. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like refusing Jess, like living out to his word in a way that he didn't, that he mm. could finally pay him back but I was just wondering if you had any thought of like is it a thousand dollars oh it, is I it seven thousand dollars is it include emotional damages yeah, what what <laughs> does he say I want to pay you back for what for taking care of him for feeding him or maybe it has to do with the money that Luke had to give to Kyle's parents oh yeah that's for true. wrecking their house yeah 
probably part of it as well. So we had to consider like room and board, feeding him, taking care of him, giving him shelter, but also paying for his wrongdoings. Maybe like $5,000? Yeah. That, that seems, seems reasonable. If anybody yeah. else has any thoughts, I'd be really curious. I, know. I love to watch people on TikTok like break down like what Lorelai and Rory would spend on an average day or yeah. like Lorelai's living expenses or like stuff like that. So I would love kind of a little breakdown. Yeah, someone needs to break down how much Jess owed Luke. We'll put it on a, a question sticker if we remember. If we remember because <laughs> we never do. <laughs> we never remember. We always say it and then we don't do it. Yeah, But we'll sure. do it this time. We'll do it. Maybe. Don't don't say that. <laughs> anyway, we are here to share some more voicemails. I posted an Instagram story today because I was just so overwhelmed with emotion this morning. Like, cut to me crying in a pliables on the Upper West Side, <laughs> just listening to all of your voicemails because they're so sweet. Crying they just make where? my heart so... Pliables? It's like an acai bowl place. What's it called? Pliables. Pliables. Like beach bowls? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I was hearing it like pliers, <laughs> like <laughs> it was just the way you kept asking. What is it called? It's like beach themed. It's like tiki themed. Oh, one playa. of the best acai bowls in New oh. York for sure. And Tara was filling it with her tears. <laughs> yes, once the acai bowl was gone, it was filled right back up with my tears. Oh. I hope you all feel comforted by that. From nice messages. I, I love it. Like, it's it's really hard sometimes, or not hard, but it's really easy for us to get caught up in this, like, you're on the other end of my FaceTime and we're just talking here. But hearing from the people who listen to us every week is just, I love it so much. I love you guys. Oh, I know. It makes my heart so happy. And so we are backlogged a little bit because Haley and I have been, you know, pushing out a ton of other content between Gilmore to Say, Gilmore Revisited. And also, if you've been following us on Instagram, you know that we are currently in the process of designing our first merch launch, which is huge. <laughs> and subsequently, like that has taken up a lot of our time. So we are a little backlogged on the voicemail front but we are here to start chipping away at it because again we love hearing from you guys so yeah. here is this week's first Gilmore to Consider voicemail Hi besties this is Mackenzie my question or something that I've been thinking about I can already feel Haley telling me no sparkly heart but in season three Roy and Jess start dating and not long after that she rekindles her friendship with Dean and that'll do pick and then in season five, when Luke and Lorelai start dating, again, like not long after, she and Christopher rekindle their friendship and Norman Mailer. I don't know if that's a parallel or just like a repeating storyline, but I think it's like an interesting topic. Like, I would be curious to know if you think Lorelai and Rory's relationship can sometimes mirror each other. Rory and Jess's relationship is very similar, I think, to Luke and Lorelai's in season five, where they kind of get a partner that may not be as safe and makes them feel a way that may have never felt before. And their immediate instinct is to run back to the person that felt safe or be in friendship with someone who made them feel safe. I'd like to know what you thought. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thanks so much, Mackenzie. This is such an interesting point. The reason that I chose this voicemail is because I find it so interesting that Dean and Christopher are being compared here because I don't yeah. feel like that ever happens. Yeah, I never really see that happen. But it's more situational, less like 
character driven, you know, it's more about the fact that like circumstantially they play very similar roles in the Gilmore girls lives. And that's something I've never really thought about before. Cause I feel like oftentimes character wise, Christopher and Logan get compared a lot, which yeah, I know, this is, you know, I think that's why McKinsey thought I was going to know sparkly heart because <laughs> it's like comparing Jess and Luke, but like it's there. I don't, I think it's kind of boring when people think that it's just like Jess, Luke, Chris, Logan, Rory, Lorelai, because yeah. the writers were way smarter than just putting one character against each other and for sure and I completely agree here that I do think that it's twofold right number one when it comes to Christopher and Dean in regards to Lorelai and Rory they tend to gravitate towards these men because they're their safe spaces right and so anytime that there's a possibility yeah teenage love and so I think that when it comes to taking the plunge with Luke and Jess it's it's scary because like they keep these men in these boxes where like there's so much feeling there yeah. that they don't know that they want to explore. They don't know that they want to take the risk. But then on the flip side, when they are with these guys, they end up rekindling friendships with their safe spaces. Yeah. And it's like, is there a motive behind that? I have to argue. I don't think that it's intentional when it comes to these situations. Like, Dean approaches Rory in That'll Do Pig asking for a friendship. Yeah. And Christopher reaches out to Lorelai in season five about Gigi. Yeah. Just because he needs help. Like, I don't think there was any motive there on, like, Lorelai and Rory's end. Like, beyond to just, like, being friends. Yes. I don't think so either. Because I think that... I think that the thing is, is like, it's less about Chris and Dean and like what you're saying here. It's about Lorelai and Rory and their tendencies mirroring each other. Yes. Which I think that Mackenzie mentioned is that people get so caught up in the boyfriends and making sure that like they are like, you know. That they align with somebody else. Yes, exactly. When really this whole show, like Amy said this before, that like the relationships with the boyfriends inform Lorelai and Rory's relationship with each other mm-hmm. and I think that this here is just showing where their tendencies align for and sure that they wouldn't want someone not to like them yeah these ladies love to be well liked yeah and like I mean who doesn't who doesn't of course of course but they're well liked in every other capacity I mean we talked about this in the townies episode and in like you know posing the question of like is Lorelai a good neighbor or a good friend or both and it's because like it speaks to how well liked they are within the community. So anybody not liking them is a big deal. Jess not liking Lorelai was a big deal. So like these women, it's almost like they can't have bad blood with anybody. Yeah. Though here, I wonder how you feel about the idea, I guess, of friendship, if that's what they're doing here, if like that's the intention, because they are running back to kind of someone who is safe Mm -hmm. in seemingly relationships that are new And I think that maybe that's a scary part of it, that you would need someone safe because their relationships are going pretty well at this point. But I feel like Lorelai's is more about being a good friend, like to her like oldest friend, the father of her child who Mm -hmm. has a child, that she's showing up for him in a way that he never would for her. Right. Versus Rory is kind of just like getting on good terms with a guy who she like kind of humiliated a little bit yeah for real i mean he but it's interesting because like bit, but... he they don't really run to these men though like no. these men kind of 
come to them and say like I need you or like I want to be your friend in regards to Lorelai and Rory yeah they do run to these men it's just at different instances so I would say that Rory runs to Dean in season four Mm. she continues to gravitate towards him and really build on their quote-unquote friendship after he's married and I do think that that's in an effort to curb the heartbreak that she endured with Jess at the end of season three because he just left. Which that's like the most annoying thing that they never actually say that. Like, I feel like that should have been pointed out. Well, that's something that we have a giant gripe with in like the storyline anyway. And I do think that the reason they don't touch on it that much is because I think they planned on touching on it in the spinoff and they didn't get to, or (laughs) maybe that was their plan. (laughs) Again, I have so many questions for the writers, but anyway, in that same case, we see that at the end of season six, as you know, because it's your most watched episode in partings that Lorelai runs to Christopher because Christopher is safe and she does not want to experience the heartbreak that Luke you know bestows upon her in being so reluctant to get married because the April bomb was dropped on him so like I do agree that they do run to these men I just don't think it's necessarily in these instances that Mackenzie points out she does point out that like this is kind of around the time that they start to rekindle a friendship again it's less about running more about these men coming to them and that sets the stage for them being able to run back to them when they do need a safe space because that's it you know that's exactly what it is because it's like it's in this mirrored moment of like rekindling with the ex sort of vibes but they come to them only for them to end up in one instance, very much cheating. And the other one, we don't really think it's so much directly yeah, cheating. Yeah, not directly cheating. Wow. But yeah. Why did I not think of the partings instance? That's okay. That was, that was wild. My mind is blown. <laughs> well, thank you, Mackenzie, for calling in. This was a great I know. point to bring up. Some Like a parallel, if you want to call it that, that I've yeah, never really thought never of. Never thought to compare them, but absolutely. But here we are. Not no sparkly heart, Mackenzie. That was yeah. great. Yeah. Our next call in from one of our besties is from someone who does not want us to say their name. There was They were very... Uh, pointed about that we just want to let you guys know um when you call in it shows us your phone number but never your name so if you don't say your name we don't know who you are hi uh gilmore to say don't say my name or anything but i just wanted to say that i am a huge fan of your show and i was really happy to hear that other people are equally as obsessed with the show as i am so i've always thought it was really disturbing to say the least that rory grew up with Lorelai teaching her, you know, how to live a normal life, how to be, you know, middle class and not rely on your parents and all that. But then when she grows up and she's in college, she idolizes these, like, rich boys, not even just Logan's, but also Logan's friends. And to me, as, you know, thinking like Lorelai, I think, you know, Lorelai would probably think these people are beyond obnoxious. And so I just wanted to see what your guys' thoughts on that whole thing was. Like, why do you think Rory was drawn to Logan and his crew? Because if you've ever met people like that in real life, they're some of the worst people to spend your time with, especially if you're not from Munch. So, yeah, I'm just wondering, you know, if uh, what you guys, what your thoughts are about that. Bye. So... I chose this one because I was very curious about your thoughts on this. I know how much you love Logan. I know how much you love those later seasons when Rory gets entangled in the Life and Death Brigade. How do you feel about this? I feel like you could easily like classify this as being true, but I feel like 
you also have to look at this as like, is it obnoxious of Logan and his friends to like do things like, you know, the Life and Death Brigade event and you jump, I jump Jack and like, Mm. yes, I would say arguably, yeah. But the thing that I have to like in their defense that Lorelai never does is they like are very open about the fact that they are wealthy and they embrace it and they're never like denying it in the way that Lorelai does. They say that Lorelai is raising Rory to be middle class and not rely on your parents, etc., etc., but that's just not true. I mean, maybe that's actually what she thinks that she's teaching Rory, but the moment when Rory turns 16 and she needs money to go to private school, it's not a matter of like I'm sorry you can't go. It's Let me go ask my parents, which I'm going to rely on my parents. And then you're going to go to private school, paying for like them paying for private school. You're going to go to Yale, them paying for Yale. They're going to buy you a car. Like all of these instances of like, they never would have had to like, if there was never going to be a world in which Lorelai Gilmore was going to have to struggle, like her struggle was all by choice. Mm. And like, I know that she left because like she couldn't deal with being around them anymore. They were never like, quote unquote, middle class though because of what they had access to Mm -hmm. in the same way that I would classify someone like Lane as being middle class because of like her upbringing and where she lived and her socioeconomic status with the same with like Luke that like Lorelai is such a hypocrite for looking at these boys or the people that Rory hangs out with who like are more so like embracing their wealth like they do it in a very obnoxious way But, like, is it not just as obnoxious of Lorelai to consider herself to be middle class when her, like, dad just came and, like, gave her, like, a $75,000 check just for being born? Like, it feels like sometimes it's, you can't tell if it's, like, tongue-in-cheek or not that, like, Lorelai refuses to recognize how privileged she is, like, but, like, refuses to admit that she's anything other than middle class. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I think it's less about the actual access more about the way that the access to money is embraced. Like obviously Logan and the people he hangs out with, like they just embraced it. They were like, we're wealthy. We were raised this way. And And I kind of appreciate that more than Lorelai. Who's like very adamant that she is not wealthy when she is constantly benefiting from it. Yeah. And I completely understand where you're coming from. I think it's more the attitude towards it. Like when we meet Logan and Colin and Finn, yeah. They're complete douchebags to Marty. <laughs> to be fair, I don't Logan was not that Logan was not mean to him. Fair. Colin was really douchey to him. But I also like question like do you think that Rory idolized them? Like this caller said. I don't know that she idolized them more than she gravitates towards them yeah she definitely does I think because she's so fascinated by that life and I do think that part of it is because Lorelai didn't so much deny her that life because obviously like you said she takes advantage of it in a way that makes her still seem like she's middle class yeah and that she struggles and that she works really hard which she does but like struggling is not necessarily what she does outside of the choices that she's made to not take advantage of the fact that her parents are wealthy but she always has that in her back pocket should she ever be in a dire situation as we see at various points throughout the series but I think in a sense she was kind of denied any access to that lifestyle up until the point that we meet them in season one and even then Lorelai is just like 
we have this money, but like that still does not mean that we are these people. Yeah. And so I think that Rory is fascinated by the fact that she's met people that she actually enjoys and actually yeah. likes spending time with and is fascinated by them because she's been made to believe that like that, people like that are snobs bad. and bad people. Yeah. Like it's almost to like we find out to her detriment that Lorelai raised her to be so like not it's not hateful, but just like she finds like disdainful of these people and like the way that they live their life when like Lorelai is just like one step away from it. For sure. She is. And she was raised that way. She could have taken the path that Logan did, that his friends did. This really reminds me of that scene between Logan and Rory. In season seven. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. You went to prep school. You go to Yale. Your grandparents are building a whole damn astronomy building in your name. Mm -hmm. That's different. Mm -hmm. I'm not living off a $5 million trust fund my parents set up for me. Well, you're not exactly paying rent either. Mm -hmm. That whole fight. It's so true because he says, I'm a rich trust fund kid. I'm not ashamed of it. And it also to some degree felt like a superiority thing Mm. where it's like I relate to all of you because you know I also went to prep school like my grandparents are also paying for this like but I'm a Gilmore but I'm not like you guys I had to work to be here it's almost like superiority by not being rich and that's kind of what Lorelai ingrained in her yeah that's that's what Lorelai taught her yeah and to this caller's point of like if you've ever met these like rich people in real life not coming from money it is pretty insufferable but the point of it is that like when it's from Rory's perspective these are the people that she's always gone to school with and she does come from money so like when Marty meets them, like, yeah, Marty fucking hates those guys, like, with good reason, because, like, he's their bartender, and, like, even if they're not, like, being outwardly mean to him, he can't stand them. So, like, I totally understand what Nameless Bestie is saying here, that, like, these people come off so obnoxious, Mm -hmm. but with Rory, it feels like she felt better than them because she wasn't. Because she felt like it wasn't just handed to her. Yeah. Even though there were several things that weren't necessarily handed to her, but, like, there were people who helped her along the way. She wouldn't have been able to go to Chilton if it wasn't for her grandparents who happened yeah. to be wealthy and who happened who happened to come from this life that Lorelai always yeah. taught her was like the wrong life. Yeah. And then when she gets there and she's like, well, this life is really cute and his name is Logan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I do agree with Nameless Bestie yeah. to a certain extent that like I do think that when we meet Colin Finn and Logan, we're, we're meant to believe that they're obnoxious yeah that's how they're built to us but there is a little criticism to offer Lorelai for kind of ingraining and worry this superiority complex that like working for what you have is better than being handed you know financial means or yeah and I do think that there's truth to both sides I think that there's a lot of integrity in working for what you have but I also do think that to a certain extent if you have access to that level of means like take advantage of it and like run as far as you can you know and be open about the fact that like you never would have gotten to this point without that Mm -hmm. so yeah thank you nameless bestie for calling in Rakuten is the most rewarding way to shop and save because members earn cash back on everything that they buy. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores across every category, including beauty, clothing, electronics, home, department stores, pets, and more. And as you all know, I love shopping through the Rakuten app. 
every time I shop online, I always start there to see what the cashback deals are. It's incredibly user-friendly, membership is free, and it's easy to sign up. The best part is you can maximize your savings by stacking cashback on top of other deals because the app lets you know what the store sales and coupons are at your favorite places to shop. Speaking of favorite places to shop, I love shopping Anthropology's post-holiday sale where they put their clearance on clearance. This year, not only did I get savings on top of savings, but I also got cash back by shopping their sale through Rakuten. Cashback rates are changing daily, so make sure that you check their site or your app to snag the best deals. Start all of your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app like me to start your saving today. Your cashback really adds up. Haley, I feel like most of our followers already know that we don't really drink alcohol, but we do love a fun beverage. Oh, we do. Both of us think a fun beverage and a chill night is the epitome of a good time, especially when that drink is a recess mood, which is a delicious sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like mood lifting magnesium and stress balancing adaptogens. So you can relax without the alcohol. I drink mine every night while reading, of course. Tara, tell everyone how you enjoy yours. Honestly, I usually drink mine while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite way to enjoy a recess. And all of our besties can get 15% off the Recess Mood sampler pack at takearecess.com GTS. Recess Mood is made with real fruit and comes in four delicious flavors like strawberry rose and raspberry lemon. But my personal favorite is the grapefruit tangerine. And with only 20 calories and no added sugar, it's the perfect way to chill. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com GTS and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. I don't know what it is, but cowboy boots are magic. Since they've arrived, I've worn my Tecovis boots almost every day. I have the Annie in Midnight. I know you have the Annie in Bone. I do. But they make me feel so powerful because, of course, it is my dream to be a cowgirl. Yes, I know this about you. But I also know <laughs> you've told me that you wear them while you write your book. I do. I wear them all the time because I also wear them when I get dressed up or when I'm sitting at my dress recording the podcast because they make me feel so bold and brave and like I can do anything no matter how I style them. Tecovis has carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service with boots for men and women handmade from the most premium leathers. And if you dream of being cowgirls like us or you're already Western to your core, Tecovis is the perfect brand to start with because they believe in Western for all. They don't only offer their handmade boots, but all sorts of head-to-toe Western staples. Perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, bandanas, and cowboy hats. You name it and they'll get you outfitted. And if you can't make it into a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. So visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tecovis has said that they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tecovis.com. Just use the code Gilmore at checkout. That's G-I-L-M-O-R-E. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so they're always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code Gilmore at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tecovis. Only at tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Okay, this next one is from our bestie Annie again. We're so glad that she called in. It's actually about our episode that we just aired on Tuesday. Oh. So I'm really interested to hear what she has to say. Yeah. 
Hi, Sarah and Haley. It's your bestie, Annie, again. It's Tuesday morning, so obviously I just listened to your most recent episode about Jess and Luke. Oh, loved it. Here is the thing, though. I was fully Team Logan for a decade. I did an intense rewatch prior to A Year in the Life, as opposed to, you know, casually keeping it on in the background 24-7. But on that rewatch, I jumped ship to Team Jess, which I actually revealed at my family's Gilmore Girls party uh, by choosing a Team Jess button instead of a Team Logan button. And let me tell you, there were audible gasps. Anyways. That's all to illustrate that I adore both Jess and Logan. I think it's because I love a flawed fictional character. And I so appreciate Haley's love for Logan, but she's so adept at debating on his behalf that I'm actually liking him less and less uh, because, you know, I love those flaws. So here's what I'm wondering. Could we get a real character breakdown that talks about his flaws? Your Jess discussions are just so fun because you debate and disagree. And I'd love to get some of that for Logan. After all, I think that no sparkly heart is basically my favorite thing to hear you guys say uh, during the episode. So I'm looking forward to it. But I guess, who am I kidding? Of course I'm looking forward to it. It's, what, 9.30 on a Tuesday morning, and I've already finished your most recent episode. I'm Jones and another one worse than Lorelai Gilmore Jones's for coffee. So anyway, thanks, guys. Oh, my gosh. Annie's my favorite person in the world. Sorry thanks to everybody else. listening, Annie. Oh, I love Annie so much. So I'm very intrigued by this because I I have to agree with Annie that I do feel like sometimes, and I love you so much, my soul sister friend, but I do feel like sometimes you are very quick to defend Logan's, what I think are Logan's flaws, because you love sure. him so much. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I am very much just like, yeah, Jess has flaws and let's talk yeah. about him. It's like, and I'm not criticizing you. I'm no, just no, curious no. as to why. It's, it's a it's a criticism that I have of myself as well, and it's mostly because like it's more of like a <laughs> it's more of a mentally ill thing because <laughs> <laughs> not that because not it's like that. like Gilmore Girls like. I don't know if people recognize how much I watched Gilmore Girls as a mm-hmm. teenager and as an adult. Like, I would turn it on in the morning and then just watch it all day. Like, it, I would just have it on in the background. And yeah. I would always, like, tune in whenever Logan was on. Like, I've seen all of Logan's scenes. Like, he's, like, my comfort character to, like... I know that I've said, like, Rory is my favorite character of the show, which was true. But Logan is my comfort character. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, like, that we've talked about before that, like... Watching the show in this way, sometimes, like, when it comes on, we turn it off because it's, like, yeah. it gets into that, like, you don't want to, like, ruin the show by, for like, sure. overexposing sure. yourself to it, which we, like, kind of have done. But, like, the one thing that I haven't really done that with is Logan, and I think I kind of keep it that way where I keep him, like, my comfort person yeah. by not slicing him up too much mm-hmm. because if I did, like... I would feel like I'd, like, lose my, like, attachment to him to some degree. I understand. So I have to put it, like, in two different boxes and, like, kind of decide which box of Logan I'm going to bring out that day. Yeah, I understand that. But I do think, like, if we're, like, weighing the flaws of, like, Rory's other boyfriends against Logan, it's kind of hard to do Mm -hmm. because we're, like, comparing the flaws of, like, a 16-year-old Dean Yes, 16, 17, 18-year-old Jess. Logan, who's like 22, 23, who's like her adult relationship. And who may have gone through some of the things that we watched in Dean, Jess, Tristan, 
Yeah. You know, that we we didn't really see. Yeah. To be honest, like, like the flaws that he has, where are they? (laughs) Haley. It's like so, it's so hard for me. Like, I, I feel like you would be better equipped to mention them. Okay. And then I can speak to them. And Um, I can say yes or no. You know, this is one that I listened to very briefly, but did not expect to air on the podcast today. I thought that we would talk about it maybe in a couple of weeks. So I did not prepare myself as much as I should have to be like, here are Logan's Great, we're done. No. End of the episode. (laughs) Haley, I'm pulling you out of your denial. No. Okay. So when he cheats on his fiance. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. And I do think that Clara, when she was on a couple weeks ago, did bring up an interesting point that his marriage to Odette felt more like a business arrangement than an actual marriage. However, I do think that there's something to be said about marrying someone when you're very clearly in love with somebody else. I mean, we watched Dean do it and we kind of low-key hate him for many reasons, but also that he married... What was he supposed to do? Dean? No, Logan. I mean, I guess not cheat on his fiance is the answer, but I just mean like in the sense of like not marrying someone when you're in love with someone else. Yeah. Unless, of course, he and Odette had some sort of arrangement. Yeah. That's always which we don't know. And I kind of wish that we did because it's like, obviously, we know we got to watch Lindsay sit at home in the dark waiting for Dean to come home after he slept with Rory. (laughs) Do you imagine if we watched a French heiress sit at home in her castle? (laughs) Yes. The swan princess is just sitting at home waiting for Logan to emerge. That's how I feel. Just the princess waiting in a castle waiting for Logan to come home. But I will say that none of the things that happen in the revival really affect my opinion on any of the characters. Because you don't love the revival? Yeah, like it's like I already had all of these opinions and feelings about things and then this like new version of it came in and I Mm. liked it and I had a great time with it. But I also had a really bad time and just kind of disregarded as well, Mm -hmm. you know? So let's rewind a little bit. When it comes to the whole situation that happened with the bridesmaids, we've talked about this before. And you know that I agree with you that he did not cheat on this girl. Flaw. He didn't fucking tell her. He didn't fucking tell her. He didn't even warn her. He let her go into that room and wasn't like, hey, I need to tell you something. They were back together for like a month. And like when he left her at the wedding, like because he was going off with like the groom and the groomsmen, Mm -hmm. he didn't know that he was leaving her with honor and the bridesmaids he like left for sure and she found them yes but regardless if you are she going was to still event, walking into a giant room he didn't know yeah. it would be a teeny tiny room yeah but he knew that they she, were all gonna like be what are you there? gonna do stand next to her the whole time and like push the way the bridesmaids faces mm-hmm. as they approach you like what if they came up to you and you're like logan who is this like oh did you get together after we were together in the same way that they did in like the dressing room like he totally should have told her. And I know yeah. that he didn't want to tell her because it would have hurt her. Like, mm-hmm. I understand why he didn't tell her. I understand the explanation of it. Mm-hmm. But it's not an excuse to, like, let her go in there. You just let Ace go in there and get hurt, bud? No. No sparkly heart, Logan. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I'm I'm proud of you. That was hard. I also, and I know that we talked about this heavily on the episode with Clara, but I really do think that his behavior at the bar was too far, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Did I, I love felt it? like I know yes. you did. And that's okay. But is it a little I felt much? like it was a little aggressive. And I know yeah. that, you know, we had a conversation about healthy jealousy and healthy territorialism when it comes to your relationships. But I yeah. do think that it towed the line in a lot of ways because I just feel like afterwards, and this is on Rory too, but I do feel like afterwards, for there to be no conversation for months, that's how you leave your relationship. 
And then you show up again just being like, oh, I thought you'd be at the coffee cart while you were off just having sex with a bunch of women to cope with your feelings that like Rory had to find out from honor that they were broken up, even though, yeah, of course, that was a massive fight. Yeah. And they clearly still were not like together together. They had a lot of separation between the two of them. There was a fight that there was no conversation. That to me felt really hurtful. Like, I feel like that's a really immature way to yeah, just kind of like immature. Se- separate but again you have to take into consideration that this man is like 21 but it's also very immature of Rory again I do fault her as well yeah that was on both of them there in my opinion that like when he says um I thought that's what the fight was I thought that's what the separation was that like mm-hmm. like that was the breakup but then why did he come to her with the coffee cart kind of like a oh so I figured I'd find you here eventually let's talk like that's his way of of like stepping back in because he I think he like thought it would be something casual to like be like hey I'm seeing you again but then when he goes up and meets her outside of her apartment he's like I thought that that was over I thought I didn't want that but I love you yeah, I felt like it was a little ambushy. Not quite Jess Mariano ambushy, but no, I felt like but it was like, a little ambushy. Why do people ambush Rory Gilmore with an I love you? I know. Why can this girl not get a really sweet, I, I mean, to be fair, Dean's was really sweet. Dean's the was very to sweet, it was but she was just sweet. not ready. Yeah, and then when she wasn't ready and he reacted that way, yeah. Like, that's why, like, I'm like, so, I think we talked about this in the I love you episode. I'm shocked that Rory Gilmore was, like, even able to say I love you to Logan so openly. Yeah. Um, but, like... The I love you trauma and daddy issues that she has. Yeah. But then to do that like that is just wrong. Yeah. In the hallway. Well, what do you think? I know that you've seen a lot of this on TikTok. What do you think other people think his flaws are that you do not consider to be flaws? That he's a rich, manipulative gaslighter. Ooh, okay. So he's rich. That's he's right. Rich. We just talked about that. That's a fact. That's kind of something he didn't really have any control over unless he pulled a Lorelai Gilmore. Yeah. Do you think he's manipulative? I think that he's a smooth talker. I think he can kind of like talk his way out of anything. But I think people like to zero in on the bridesmaid situation when it comes to that specifically. And I maybe I'm being gaslit. Who's to say? But like, I don't (laughs) think I genuinely think he thought they were broken up. However, I do fault him and I fault Rory for not having a conversation. I think there needs to be some sort of definitive like we broke up. We are broken up. That is something that I get very sensitive about because I in my life and I'm sure other people have experienced this like I have kind of been made to feel like well you can't be upset about this because we weren't together well I can be upset about whatever I want to and we've had this conversation like she could feel hurt she can feel betrayed which that's how he started it I understand you're upset and I really wish you hadn't found out like that he never says like you can't be upset about this because for sure but he's defending himself saying like I didn't think we were together anymore do you believe that I thought we weren't together anymore and in a sense I don't want to call it manipulation, but he's like deeply defending himself and proving his case so that she will not leave him. I think one of the the problems is like, could we call him like Rory manipulative in this? That she was the one that like found out they were broken up and then which like we're getting into this conversation again, but she admitted that they weren't together. Like when he came to her door in the perfect dress, she was like, we're not together. Like, she decides when they're broken up and when it fits her for her feelings to be hurt. And I feel like a lot of, like, a lot of it is, like, just, like, the complete lack of communication between these two people Absolutely. But I think what she was saying there in the perfect dress was, like, we were broken up. 
And I only know that because your sister told me. We were broken up and you decided that we were broken up. She's admitting that they're broken up then. Because when she comes back and she says, I wasn't broken up, you were. And at like what point does it matter Mm -hmm. that they were or weren't broken up? That like... I, I think that the whole conversation that I think we've mentioned before, it's kind of like the, like we were on a break trope, which is just like kind of like dull and tired and like I kind of hate that it played out like this in the show because it feels like honestly the most boring storyline of season six where like the problem was that Roy's feelings were hurt. Like that was that was the problem. I feel like there could have been a more interesting way to go about it. But I do think that unfortunately, and again, I say that as... Unfortunately, that's how it happened. (laughs) Yes, but I say this as somebody who experienced this, unfortunately, a lot in college, that I would find out from other people that the person that I was either with or had been with, like, was with other people and did not tell me. Yeah. And or was with me and with other people. And, like, I, I think I get very sensitive about that then because it does feel like a betrayal. And there's a lot that we could unpack about that. And there are a lot of opinions that people can have about it based on their perspective or on like zooming out of the situation and being like, well, technically, did they do anything wrong? And I think that that's always the crux of it, right? It's that it's built on technicalities. Did Logan yeah. technically do anything wrong? See, like that's like hearkening back to season five when like Rory's upset about it. It's like she was the one that came to him and said, girls just want to have fun, stringless fun. And so he's like operating on that. And so when she's kind of upset about it, he's like, wait, I thought we had, I thought everything was fine. And she's like, it was, and I'm not blaming you, but I'm not fine. Sorry. And it's, it's kind of, it's different once they're together, but it's like kind of that same thing of like, once worry decides that it's not okay anymore, it's not okay, which is fine. Communicate your boundaries, communicate when things are not cool for you. Right. But like, I think there's like a recognition of like, this is you. Not to say that he's not at all at fault in any of it, but I think that like a most a lot of these like main conflicts are like conflicts between the two of them that aren't necessarily flaws. I like I wouldn't say it's like a flaw on Rory or on him. Well, I think their communication is the flaw. Yeah. Their lack yeah. of communication is the flaw. That's what hinders them regarding in the, the in entire six, situation. Definitely. Yeah, surrounding let me hear your balalaikas ringing out. Yeah. And so I do personally think that that's a flaw, but I think that's a flaw that we all have at some point in yeah. our lives, especially in our youth, especially when we're in college, especially when we're in the throes of like the first bits of a relationship and figuring out. That's the flaw out. of like every story though. Like stories don't happen unless people are miscommunicating because if they're just communicating the whole time, you're just like getting like a play by play of their day. For sure. So This is, I mean, Annie poses a very interesting question of like, what are his flaws? Let's get a character breakdown. Because I do think that with Deans, we can see them more obviously now that we're adult women. With Jess, we could always see them, whether we were young or old. Like we can, not that we're old. but Some people can't. Yeah, but I do think that like his are more obvious, whereas Logan's are a little bit subtler. And I think buried within this persona of, like you said, people thinking he's just like a rich asshole. And doing this podcast with you has allowed me to see Logan's good qualities because I used to think the same thing. I was like, well, Logan's just like a rich, pompous asshole. I love Jess. I think that it is one of those situations where like peeling back and zooming out, you're like, oh, Logan was probably her healthiest relationship of the That's what I would say. And like he was her adult relationship. He was like the relationship that would make the most sense that they would like progress to that level. For sure. But I do think that 
He's a flawed man. He is a flawed man. And that's okay. Yeah. We're all flawed. Like, we're all flawed people. I kind people. of like it better that he's flawed. If he was, like, if we looked to the someone with no flaws, Dave Rogowski, he just loved her too much. But I love he Dave just Rogowski. He just spent too much time thinking about her in a non-creepy way in the way that Dean did. It's, like, all of the ways that, like, Dean and Jess, like, had flaws... Dave did not. Dave had no flaws. I know, and we still love him. Part of me thinks that it would be, like, annoying to continue to, like, watch Dave's life unfold, but, like, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I don't think so. I would have loved it. Yeah. So, like, Logan is nowhere near Dave by any means. You know, Logan is not necessarily going to read the whole Bible in one night to take you to prom and come see your mom, but he is going to recognize that your relationship with your mom is maybe the strongest point in your life Mm -hmm. and that the only way to you is through her approval Mm. he's gonna lay it all on the line for you yeah in some ways i think that his flaws are apparent i see them i don't like to focus on them too hard because it's a tv show and i can cherry pick whatever i want to yeah you're totally Um, entitled to that for the sake of the conversation i see them yeah i'm not blind to them but i just think that in the way that we weigh them their relationship is a lot better than the moments where they're not so great in my opinion yeah I just do think that oftentimes and again I say this as someone who's a little biased but who can zoom out on the situation I do think that we not just you and me I think as the Gilmore fandom like we tend to really zero in on Jess's flaws and it's like if you're team Jess you have to acknowledge that he's flawed whereas like with Logan we don't have to we love him (laughs) I feel like yeah I feel like oftentimes team Logan is just like no he's great and I'm like he's great love him (laughs) that's awesome that's great but could we talk about it and I think sometimes it's just because like like yeah of course I recognize this man is flawed I'm a person I watch this tv show for sure do I want to I know nobody wants to just get a basket cherry pick all your favorite things and then just recognize that that's what you've done yeah that's fine Great. It's a TV show. That's why the No Sparkly Heart was invented. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love that our bestie Annie called in again. We love to like hear like being from called her. out. You know, I heck yeah, it. me too. I see it, please. Yeah. I can't. I I just can't be that mean to someone who I had a poster on my wall of. So I understand. And to be fair, it wasn't a poster. It was a magazine clip that I had cut out because he was like. Honestly, I wish I could find this picture because he was like, did the picture by the pool because for the next big thing Mm. in Hollywood, I cut out his picture from this magazine clipping and taped it to my wall. So poster is like an extreme exaggeration. It was just a little tiny picture. But to you, it was 10 feet tall. Next to a picture that I had printed out from the internet because there was no Logan posters. Oh my God, we had to. How would we survive? I wish they made Logan posters. Yeah. Logan, Logan Jess, I don't need a Dean poster. No. I did to throw darts at. Oh, we could, sh- for our merch, we should sell a dartboard with Dean's face on it. Gorgeous. Anyway, thank you so much to our besties for calling in. We love, love, love hearing from you. Can't wait till the I next know. one. And we'll see you next time. Until next time. If you have more for us to consider, unpopular opinions, spicy takes, things you think we're forgetting, or you just want to say hi, give our voicemail a call at 860-578-4653. That's 860-578-4653.